This is the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. Here are your hosts, Caroline Gonzalez and Ashley Amos. It's Friday, so you already know what time it is. It's time for the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. I'm Caroline Gonzalez. I'm Ashley Amos. Ashley, you're just getting back from a rough down and back to Oklahoma City. What time did y'all end up getting in last night? Um, it wasn't too late. I think we got in around midnight, one o'clock ish. So, um, got a little bit of sleep. Not too too bad. Coming off a rough road loss for the Pelicans, great bench performance last night, but still, nevertheless, a tough loss. You know, obviously a tough loss, but I mean, for the Pelicans to be so shorthanded, you had no Anthony Davis, no Nikola Meritage, no Julius Randle, no Etuan Moore. I mean, you have to be pretty impressed that it was ended up being a six-point game. Absolutely. Uh, at the end, we were down. Uh, the Pelicans were down almost. 20 I think 15 with in the third or in the fourth quarter with three minutes left so um you definitely have to be impressed by the effort of this team yep Ash uh you know I completely agree with that we'll talk a little bit more about the Pelicans later on on today's show Ashley it's been a rough week coming off an NFC championship game the loss for the Saints uh we've seen we've heard and seen uproar from the city Mm. about the loss uh but there has been a lot of things going on to kind of distract people from the loss. Not that you're going to completely forget about it, but we've had the senior bowl, the Reese's senior bowl. Um, we have pro bowl where cam Jordan has been, I think in every single picture from the pro bowl, because you know, he can't miss a conversation. Um, but, uh, that's been a nice distraction. We talk about that NFC championship and how the saints have recovered from that with Mike triplet a little bit in today's show. But, how have you been? I mean, you're you're a local. How have you been now that it's, you know, day, <laughs> what, five since the loss? Um, I mean, I feel like just like everybody in this city mm-hmm. and everybody in this organization, you know, obviously being a fan and then on top of it working for this team and knowing all the effort that goes into this to get to this point and to kind of have it ripped away, um, you know, definitely some sadness. But I, I think – Mickey Loomis summed it up best when he said, you know, unfortunately, this is life. It's life and life is not unfair. And I always kind of go back to um, I had this mentor that once told me that, you know, crap happens. It happens to good people. It happens to bad people. But it's how you choose to respond to it that defines who you are and what your character is as a person. And so I look at that, you know, unfortunately, this happened and Hopefully we'll see some changes from the NFL uh, down the road in policy and whatnot, but there's nothing we can go back and do to fix it. It's done. It's over. And so now it's our turn as a city, as a team to figure out how we're going to respond to this. And one thing I know about New Orleans is that it's one of the most resilient places. And when you get knocked back down, we get right back up. So um, definitely going to look forward to seeing how, this team moves forward and responds. And I think it has some great leaders um, such as, you know, Drew Brees and um, company uh, that will make sure um, the response is what we're looking for. Yep. We heard from Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara a little bit earlier today uh, on social media, talk, thanking fans, thanking Houdat Nation. So uh, you talk about response. We've heard a little bit and seen a little bit of that response from the city with countless things but uh we get into that a little bit more with espn reporter mike triplett mike we're used to having you here at the facility on friday but unfortunately you're not here today is it nice to be at home kind of bittersweet yeah no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna come on this show and say it's nice to be at home (laughs) (laughs) 
I know who the listeners are. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I could have. I think I could have lasted two more weeks before I started getting some downtime. Do your kids, you know, kind of like the fact that you're home? Do they remember your name? I mean, you haven't <laughs> been home in a while. Exactly. Uh, well, I the uh, the other thing that a couple of Saints, including uh, Mickey Loomis, uh, had to do is go to the Senior Bowl this week. Mm-hmm. So I uh, had to leave town and go to the Senior Bowl. That's uh, that's always a place that uh, no team wants to uh, go to this time of year. They want to be otherwise occupied. Right. <laughs> well, Michael, let's go ahead and just jump right into it. We can't ignore kind of what's been happening in New Orleans over the past week. There's There's been lawsuits, billboards have been created, city council meetings with Chapa, um, T-shirts, cookies, <laughs> uh, Zulu coconuts, you know, just countless things. But more recently, oh, yeah. Look, you-, you mentioned Zulu. Uh, we've seen the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen the floats come out yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fruit of Vue, I feel it's, like it's uh, going to be the worst. The yeah. backlash is going to get even more creative, yes. Absolutely. Well, But, yeah, I mean, most of that stuff is, is obviously um, going to be fruitless. I mean, there really is no recourse. Uh, they're not going to replay the game. They're not going to get a draft pick back. Uh, but I understand that the community feels like it was so – incredible what just happened that they they can't do nothing so i think everybody is trying to figure out the best way to channel the passion and anger and and just shock um so those reactions don't surprise me although we all know they probably won't lead to anything that makes anyone happier mike in your time you've been in sports for a good while now um you know in your time have you ever seen something like this and have you the lack of response uh, from uh, up above, you know, has have you ever even experienced anything like this? Do you think there's anything comparable in sports? Um, there's not a lot comparable, but funny enough, um, I covered the San Francisco 49ers. It was probably about 18 years ago now, uh, and they won a game against the Giants when Sean Payton was coaching for that Giants team. And the Giants had come back or from this huge deficit of the 49ers had come back, and uh, there was a miss. The, the Giants' long snapper like had a bad snap on the final play, and the kicker picked up the ball and threw it into the air. And the league kind of came out the next day, and I can't remember if they made a public statement, but they told the coaches they actually should have called pass interference on that play because like, all hell had broken loose. Uh, and the Giants should have gotten another kick to try and win it. So Sean Payton has actually been the victim of this twice now. Uh, it wasn't quite as obvious and egregious, obviously, there, where, like, you know, everybody watching on TV and everybody in the stadium saw the pass interference and couldn't believe what they saw. But I have actually covered another game where the league kind of mentioned after the fact, oh, by the way, we missed the call that would have changed the outcome of the game. But, um, no, I mean, this, I I think everybody agrees. I mean, there was a comparison to uh, the bad World Series call from the Royals and the Cardinals in, like, 85 uh, that that people still remember to this day. Uh, I don't – and I think most people agree they've never seen a call this infamously bad in in NFL history. 
Right. We heard from Sean Payton immediately after the game saying he just got off the phone with the league office. We've seen um, countless people say, countless members of the media say, clearly this is pass interference. So there's no doubt about the fact that it was pass interference. And recently we've seen Gail, uh, Saints owner Gail Benson talk about, you know, she's on the phone with the NFL to discuss their policies. We've seen Benjamin Watson ask for Roger Goodell to to come out and say something. So and we've even seen NFL films come out with a mic'd up, you know, uh, here's what happened on the sideline after that kick. So what is going to satisfy uh, Saints fans? Like you said, there's not going to be a replay of the game. We can't replay that play. But what's going to make it better uh, for Saints fans? And do you think we'll ever hear anything from Roger Goodell? Well, Goodell talks Wednesday at the Super Bowl, which I think might be part of the reason why they decided to wait um, on a statement because he's going to talk this week in his like state of the league press conference. I'm sure there will be multiple questions about the call and, and what can be changed going forward. I, I don't understand why they don't put out a statement in the meantime, just to not let this become, uh, I mean, there's nothing that they could say in a statement that'll satisfy anybody, but I'm surprised they let that become such a talking point uh, to the point where even players like Ben Watson are saying, how have you remained silent? Um, so that was pretty surprising, but Goodell will obviously be talking about it by next week. I'm sure he's not gonna not gonna be able to avoid it when when people are asking questions about it in the room. But again, I can't imagine a single thing he'll say that'll satisfy people. I do hope this leads to uh, you know maybe an actual serious discussion about how they can change replay to make everything reviewable in extreme circumstances, even if the standard is. <laughs> The, the Saints no-call standard, which is all 75,000 people in the stadium agree that the call needs to be changed. Uh, but there's never been a ton of momentum toward that, even though coaches like Peyton himself have been pushing for it for years and Bill Belichick. I think this could lead to them seriously figuring out how plays like this could be revealed. So, Mike, obviously you were around this facility. You saw kind of the special magic, the vibe. I feel like a lot of Saints fans and a lot of people – in this city and around this team really felt like this was a special year for this team. How do, how does a team rebound to something like this, you know, coming off of such a disappointment and, you know, I believe even Thomas Morstead referenced, it almost felt dirty the way that it was Mm -hmm. taken away from them. How does the team come back and rebound from this? Well, I think that's going to be a huge question because I mean, look, we did see, this same team come back from the Minneapolis miracle, which was previously the most devastating way you thought you could lose a game. Um, and they did come back from it and they came back from it in an impressive way. So that should lead to some optimism that they can come back from this as well. Um, and we've seen the Patriots kind of, you know, come back from both spy gate and uh, deflate gate with sort of an us against the world mentality. And, and, you know, I think it was right after Spygate when they went 16 and 0. Uh, so there are examples of, you know, Saints when Sean Payton came back from Bonnie Gate, they started 5 and 0 and went to the playoffs. So there are examples of being able to channel this in a positive way. But to lose two heartbreaking season ending losses in a row, I mean, I'm sure there is a human nature thing they're going to have to overcome, which is we have to start over again. And even if we get the number one seed and go 13 and three and host the NFC championship game and are leading the NFC championship game, you know, 
it's still that tough to get to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, it's been it's been nine plus years now since the Saints' last Super Bowl trip. They know as well as anyone how hard it is to get there. Mike, this has been a long and tough year for the Saints, but um, a fun one at that. So I don't want to focus all on the negative. Let's focus on some positive for a bit. Do you have a favorite memory from this year, whether it was at the games or you know from media availability? Do you have a favorite memory that sticks out to you for about this year? Well, Drew Brees' record-breaking night on Monday Night Football was obviously probably the most special moment of the year. The, the thing I'll always remember this season for, though, like when we talk about the 2018 Saints, I'm going to remember the team that, that had that four-game run, well, really almost like a six-game run. They went and won a tough one at Baltimore, a tough one at Minnesota, and then started scoring 48, 51, 45 uh, over you know the Eagles and the Bengals, and just went on that incredible tear. I mean, there was a, a while there where they were on pace to maybe be the highest scoring team in NFL history. So that middle of the season where they just looked invincible, it, it brought back memories of 09 and 11, and, uh, and they were really rolling. So, I mean, that's that's the, the stretch of the season that, that I think people will always remember this one for. I think every single Saints fan will remember that, uh, that Monday night football game against the Redskins. Just an incredible moment. I remember – um, a few days ago, I was going through those pictures of Drew Brees, and it just brought back all those memories. So definitely a special season for Drew Brees and the Saints. Uh, Mike, what's next for you? I mean, we have draft coming up, not soon, but kind of soonish. Um, what's next for you? Well, yeah, free, free agency comes before the draft, and, and for the Saints this year, free agency is going to be the most important thing they do because, unfortunately, they don't have a lot of draft picks, so they're not going to get in at like, you know, no Saints fans are going to eagerly look at mock drafts because the mock drafts usually don't go all the way to 62. <laughs> um, but, uh, but free agency will be important and, and it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see what happens with Teddy Bridgewater. It'll be fascinating to see what happens with Mark Ingram. Um, and then, you know, they still need to add a couple pieces, most likely a pass catcher being, being the main thing. Uh, the good thing is they, they should be able to keep most of this team together for at least one more year. Um, Ingram and, and Bridgewater, their most prominent free agents, and Alex Okafor, all those young guys they've been drafting in the last few years are still in their contract. So uh, this team's not going to be dismantled this offseason. And if anything, they could enter September even more talented than they were in this run. But as I wrote today, uh, pretty soon those contracts get big, starting with Michael Thomas at the end of this year. So this is sort of an all-in-it-to-win-it year, uh, but, but they could enter the, the, the year as favorites to win the NFC if they keep this group together. So um, optimism should be high again once we get to the end of this long summer. Mike, before we let you go, have you've been here uh, with the Saints organization or reporting on the Saints organization for a long time. Have you ever seen a team, um, the Saints team, as close as they were over or this year or over the past two years, we saw Craig Robertson or we heard Craig Robertson say, you know, this this is the closest that our team has ever been. Our wives have Bible study together. We care about each other. Um, have you ever seen this Saints team so close? Yeah, I, I mean, I would say yes, uh, because I think that team that won the Super Bowl together in 09, the core of it had really built over several years. Um, 06 was that incredible year where they kind of picked everyone up off the street from Scott Vegeta and Scott Shanley and Breeze himself. And they called themselves like the outcasts and they kind of, they built that team out of nothing uh, and had that great draft class of 06 that had like nine players that went on to be all time great. And we kind of watched them 
stay together and build together from 06 through 09 and, and really keep the core together for a long time. So it was reminiscent of that because um, um, this team has been sort of two and three years in the making and as opposed to being a bunch of guys that just came together for the first time. So I think that really showed. I think there were a lot of similarities between those two sort of generations of Saints roster. Well, hopefully, as you mentioned, we'll see uh, the core of this team continue and this Saints team continue to grow. Mike, thanks so much for joining us today. All right. Anytime, guys. Ashley, we talked a little bit earlier in the show about a tough performance from the Pelicans bench last night. Obviously, we had Anthony Davis out with a finger injury, Julius Randle out with an ankle injury, Nikola Miritich out with a calf injury, and Etuan Moore was resting. So uh, a lot of key players for the Pelicans out yesterday, but still a great performance from the Pelicans bench. You know, Caroline, when it rains, it really pours. <laughs> um, uh, um, definitely a rough week overall in sports here. But no, um, you have to be um, pleased with the performance you saw last night of all of those guys. You know, one guy that's really st- sticking out to me, uh, Jaleel Okafor, mm-hmm. he is just the last three games, he has been dominant. Um, you know, last last night, 18 points, nine for 12, eight rebounds. His aggression and um how he gets to the basket and it really seems like you know I sit on the floor and uh so I'm right by the bench mm-hmm. and so I hear all the guys cheering each other on and you know a little bit of smack talk and all that and it it really feels like the guys really embrace him and really want him to do well I mean it, they, they I think they have seen all the work he's put in and what he continue that he continues to put in um behind the scenes and so he's now getting his opportunity yep. and those are the type of stories you love to see you know those success stories of those guys that just grind and grind out waiting for their turn and they finally get in and step up and step up in a big way so um definitely have to be pleased with his performance you know Shaq Diallo out there a little bit <laughs> running a little bit rampant but um you know he had a good game um Frank Jackson you know I feel like Frank is still you know, that confidence level. I feel like sometimes he's a little too much in his head. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he's thinking about it too much. I think if he just goes out there, relaxes and plays basketball, his natural ability is so good that you're going to see him jump in the ability and what you're seeing from him in games. So definitely, I think just a confidence factor for him and getting out of his head a little bit. But I think that's just a maturity thing. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, uh, it was the best you could hope for, really. I mean, other than getting a win, um, it was the best you could hope for last night. Again, the Pelicans lost 122-116 to 116 to the Oklahoma City Thunder last night. Um, Ashley, you were on the floor, so I don't know if you noticed this, but watching Sheck Diallo on the TV is probably my favorite thing to do because he was in all white leggings last night, so <laughs> his entire lower half was white, and you could just see him like zoom run down the floor and then zoom he's running the other way and he's like on the baseline behind the possession and then he just comes storming in on the fast break but a tremendous effort as David Wesley said he's a rim runner that's what he does he's Mm -hmm. going to give you the the effort um that you want to see out of your players and I think effort was the word of the day for the bench last night I mean you saw those guys absolutely hustling to every single ball every play and as you said Frank Jackson um, great performance from him Jalil Okafor to go off of what you said the last three games for him uh, 20 points 10 rebounds in the first one against Memphis 17 and 10 against Detroit and then last night 18 points eight rebounds so uh, a great performance from Jalil Okafor and I think we're only going to continue to see him grow. 
I, t- I totally agree. And, you know, kind of back to Shek Diallo being a rim runner, you know, he had a huge block oh, at the yeah. end. Um, I was right there. I almost got hit by the ball. But uh, <laughs> he had a huge block at the end of the game um, that really kept us in the game. And, um, you know, one thing about Shek is that he is such a hardworking guy. Um, you know, I had the privilege of uh, we're currently working on an Outside the Pain episode on yeah. him. And, you know, just seeing where he's come from, his background. And, again, it kind of just goes back to that success story. You want to root for those types of people. You want to root for those people that, you know, it doesn't just come easy to them. They had to work hard and are finally getting their time to step up. So, you know, I think for those guys last night on the court, it was about maximizing their performance in the minutes they were given because, you know, Ken Rich and those type of people are not going to see the court right. that often, hopefully once our team gets healed. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want to see like in those pressure situations, how are they going to react and how will they continue to grow? And, uh, like I said, I think from a coaching standpoint, obviously some mental mistakes, mm-hmm. but, um, pretty pleased with that performance. Absolutely. Well, the, uh, Pelicans will take on the San Antonio Spurs tomorrow in the Smoothie King Center. Can, before we talk about that, we have to talk about this road schedule or this next upcoming month for the Pelicans. The Pelicans don't play back-to-back games either on the road or at home until February 12th. It's up and back and up and back and up and back. And so I don't know how many road trips you're on for that, but for every single player, that has got to be very tough on your body. You know, I wasn't on the long road trip, but I was just on last night, so I'm going to be on next week's and uh... – Yeah, it's tough. (laughs) And I'm not, again, just going back to that whole idea of I'm not the one running up Mm -hmm. and down the court for, you know, 40 plus minutes and having to go get in workouts and lift and also lacking sleep and doing everything else that requires requires you to be an NBA player. So, you know, I definitely think it's going to be a tough stretch, but also at the same time, this is the NBA. Welcome, you know, and Unfortunately, the teams we have coming up are not exactly, uh, you know, we have the Spurs tomorrow or tomorrow, Saturday. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> See, I told you the road trip just got, I can't, don't even know what day it is. Uh, Spurs tomorrow and then Rockets at their place on Tuesdays. And then I think we come back and the play Nuggets. Denver. Yep. So it's just, uh, it's definitely going to be a tough run. Hopefully we can get some guys healthy because the Pelicans are definitely going to need it. I think uh, Nikola Miritic will get reevaluated a week from yesterday. Um, but as we were mentioning, the Pelicans played the San Antonio Spurs tomorrow night. The Spurs are 27 and 22. The Pelicans ho- hold a one and one record with the Spurs. They lost, or excuse me, they won November 19th uh, against them and then lost November 3rd against the Spurs. So uh, expecting hopefully a good, another good performance from the Pelicans. Uh, Tomorrow, do we know if Julius Randle is going to be back, Etwan Moore? Um, so Etwan Moore was out based on a rest. coach's decision right. for rest. They, a coach said that he's been playing kind of injured all mm-hmm. season. So I don't think he made a definite um, – he didn't give a definite answer on whether or not Etwan will – kind of be resting in and out until the all-star break or if he's going to play him some um hopefully uh we can get him for some help but i don't think that decision has been made yet as far as julius randall i know he tweaked his ankle pretty bad so i don't exactly know what that timetable looks like i don't think anything has been announced yet so um fingers crossed and pray to the basketball gods that hopefully uh, we can get some of those guys back because the Pelicans definitely are going to really need them. 
Yep, they're going to need them against against the Spurs, who are tied for second in the league in field goal percentage, um, and the Spurs are first in the league in three-point percentage with Patty Mills, Bryn Forbes, all those guys. So um, it's going to be a, a tough um, day for the Pelicans, but I have no doubt that they can come out and perform uh, like we saw them do last night and even, even more hopefully will come out with a W. Reminder that it's an early tip tomorrow in the Smoothie King Center at 5 p.m. Fans can go online to pelicans.com to purchase single-game tickets or Pierre's Party Pack is also available. First 5,000 fans in attendance will receive a Pelicans Fanny Pack courtesy of Metro by T-Mobile, so make sure you come out to the Smoothie King Center for that. If you will not be in attendance tomorrow, you can watch the game on Fox Sports New Orleans or, as always, listen to the game on 99.5 WRNO. If everyone have a good weekend, we'll see you uh, on Saturday. If not, we'll hear from you next week.